Welcome to day five of the School for Good Living's COVID cast. I'm Brian Miller here with Dallin Wright. Hey, everyone. What this is about is two things. One is about sharing something with you from the School for Good Living's Life's Best Practices Breakthrough Coaching Program that you can use to immediately improve the quality of your life. The second thing is that Dallin and I will share with you something from our experience or what we're seeing online or in our social media feeds or when we venture outside, which we occasionally do, that's giving us hope. Before we were recording, we were talking about what we might cover this morning, and Dallin had the great idea to do some jumping jacks, which I did. (laughs) So thank you for that, Dallin. That's better than Red Bull. (laughs) You're welcome. Yesterday, we talked about our physical health and well-being and the importance of moving our bodies to our overall health and its connection to our mental health and well-being. One thing that I didn't say about that was the great thing that happens when we get our heart rate into the cardio zone. I think it might be worth touching on for just a moment right here. Exercise intensity is from the Mayo Clinic that you can calculate your maximum heart rate which is not exactly what I'm suggesting you reach, (laughs) by subtracting your age from 220. So for example, if you're 45 years old, you subtract 45 from 220 to get a max heart rate of 175. This is the max that your heart should reach when you exercise, according to the Mayo Clinic. But aerobic activity, which down, this is amazing, on the Mayo Clinic's website, they recommend getting at least 150 minutes a week of moderate aerobic activity activity. Yeah. 150 minutes a week. Yeah. Well, when you break it down to what you need to do, they need to, they need to fix that stat. They need to break it down into Netflix minutes or episodes. (laughs) And then it's easy to comprehend. Yeah. Then we, then we could all relate, right? Exactly. But they're saying brisk walking, swimming, mowing the lawn, which it's a little early in the season for a lot of us to mow the lawn. I mowed this weekend. Woo. Man, that made me feel normal. That was awesome. I could pay somebody, but I love getting out there and mowing. It's just fun. So the Mayo Clinic here is recommending 150 minutes a week of moderate aerobic activity or 75 minutes a week of vigorous aerobic activity. And I'm just looking for how they define these things because we've talked about the max heart rate. So they just give these guidelines of saying, here are some clues. I love when people offer me clues (laughs) to help you judge your exercise intensity that moderate is that your activity feels somewhat hard, your breathing quickens, but you're not out of breath, you develop a light sweat after 10 minutes, you can carry on a conversation, but you can't sing. Those are more than clues. Those are pretty good guidelines, I think. And then and then vigorous exercise activity, they say it feels challenging, which getting out of bed feels challenging some days, many days, uh, especially now. Here are clues that your exercise intensity is at a vigorous level. Your breathing is deep and rapid. You develop sweat after only a few minutes of activity, and you can't say more than a few words without pausing for breath. Mm. I like that, but again, I would love it if they said, do you remember that scene from Rocky where he's chopping wood and running through the snow in Siberia? That's vigorous. Oh, I would think that would maybe, I didn't think that's intense. You think we we cross over into that? That could be. I I think so. I mean, wasn't that, he's run up a mountain. He did so many things. How could he not win? Yeah. <laughs> but the point is, all, all of that that we just researched and, and read through, as much as we talked about getting 
either outside or inside, if you have a treadmill or a bike or an elliptical or something, that you can get your heart rate elevated. The benefits of that can be enormous, both physically and emotionally, especially during this challenging time. Before we get into a routine as it relates to regular exercise, whether it's strength training or whether it's cardio, we can feel resistance to doing it. And it's the pain of overcoming that inertia. But then once it becomes a part of our life, we feel crappy if we don't do it. So there was a point where it's like, it feels crappy to do it. But then you're like, oh man, I haven't, I'm feeling kind of crappy today. What, what's going on? And then you look in your experience and it's like, oh yeah, I haven't done my exercise. Yeah, you're right. The hardest part is getting that ball rolling. But once you keep it going, you do it for a week, then you definitely miss it if you if you stop or something comes up. Yeah, that's the power of momentum and inertia. And I'm often amazed at how inertia can refer to an object in rest remaining at rest or an object in motion remaining in motion. In either case, that can work for you or against you. Sometimes the winter seems to drag on. You know, the days are short, it's cold, it's dark, it's icy, it's wet. All the bears are hibernating (laughs) for good reason. (laughs) There's something magical about the winter, especially when it's new. It's often around Halloween that it will snow here. It is beautiful, especially when we have a white Christmas. Where I am, we're close to the mountains. It's really beautiful. It's very appropriate. But there comes a time in February, usually, sometimes as late as March, where those short days just wear on me. And the snow on the sides of the road has turned black from exhaust. And there's not been fresh snowfall for a while. And it's just kind of icy. And it's bitter cold. And as much as I know that life only ever happens now and that life is here in the present moment, I find myself wishing for something different. And emotionally, even though there are some beautiful days and we're not dealing with the physical winter like I just described, emotionally what we're going through with this COVID feels a bit like that. But I'm just ready. And I don't even want to say I'm ready for it to be over because when I say that I'm aware, that's like I'm effectively saying I'm ready for my life to be over. But man, I'm I'm ready for this COVID situation to... uh, ready for another season. (laughs) Maybe I say it that way. The topic that we'll explore today from the School for Good Living Lifestyles Practices Breakthrough Coaching Program, it's breathing. When I stop to think about it, it's one of those things that seems so little that's actually not so little. Breathing is one of those things that we don't think about until it's not working as it normally does. The first thing you do when you enter this world is take a breath. And the last thing you do when you leave this world is to exhale. And even the words expire, you know, and inspire, literally meaning to pass away or die, but also literally meaning to breathe, to breathe out and inspire, to breathe in or to fill with spirit. And when I studied in Japan, 
and I learned the word for breath was the same as spirit. I didn't think much of it at the time. But since then, it's come to feel really appropriate to me. Some spiritual teachers have talked about the breath is the intersection of the physical and the spiritual. There's a lot of our body's processes that we don't have much control over, necessarily. We can slow our heart rate down somewhat, but we do it through the breath. Things like our circulation, how our blood moves through our body, how our digestion happens. Of course, we can affect those by what we put in our body. But it's not something that's really under our conscious control. But our breath is this thing that has the ability to both accelerate so many of our processes or slow them down. It's the thing that can help relax us or it can excite us. And it's such a powerful thing that, again, it's literally right under our nose, but we often don't think about it. Let me start with what's giving me hope. The first thing is, as Donald Trump just a couple days ago was suggesting that America get back to work, get back to normal as best we could by Easter, which is just, you know, less than two weeks away. And uh, I thought, man, that could be not a good thing for the transmission of this virus, especially given what we've seen in other places. So what's giving me hope now is to see that Donald Trump has extended these social distancing guidelines through April 30th. And I think that's going to do a lot to help minimize the spread of this virus. So, so that's number one. And number two is to see that the 2020 summer games have been definitively rescheduled to 2021. As much as we all hate to see the Olympics postponed to have a definite date for those to take place in July, July 23rd through August 5th of 2021. I think it's great to have the certainty, A, that they'll happen, and B, when. Something to look forward to. Dallin, what's giving you hope? We're recording here early in the morning, and I still have on the jacket, I put on the jacket I wore last night as we sat around the fire pit as a family. And it brought such normalcy to do something that we really love and enjoy, which is sitting around the fire, watching logs burn, and talking about our family and the experiences we've had in the past, which brings a lot of laughing and a lot of bonding. And even though you're separated from friends and and family in a physical sense in the community, I'm lucky enough to be doing it with my family at this time and to have them around me. And so sitting around the fire pit was a highlight for me. And so I'm going to count that for today. That's awesome. Thank you. I can picture that around a fire pit with family in Kentucky under the night sky. It's pretty good. You can get a lot of benefit from conscious breathing, even if you're not doing something that looks at all like meditation. So for just a moment, I want to distinguish between consciously breathing and if you're sitting in a meeting, if you're on a Zoom call, if you're at the dinner table with the kids, these are all times that if you have the presence of mind to consciously activate your breathing, you can derive a lot of benefit. If that hasn't become something already that you have integrated into your moment-to-moment 
experience of life. This is an invitation to you to do that. First of all, a reminder that it's possible that when you're making dinner, when you're washing the dishes, doing your email, that you don't even need to stop necessarily. This is something I've learned over the years as I've practiced this, but where my eyes really started to be open to this was when I went to a heart math certification program and became a certified heart math trainer. And one of the things that I learned is that when we breathe deliberately this way, and especially when we focus our breath in the area of the heart or chest, that you can imagine your breath flowing in and out of any area of your body, which is interesting. You could picture your breath coming in and out of your forehead, it might sound strange, your kneecap, your heart, that any one of these can be an entry point in your, at least in your imagination, and you'll get a somewhat different experience of breathing when you do that. But the science shows when we do breathe consciously, especially when that attention is in the area of our heart, that we create what scientists call a coherent field, which is the idea that anything that produces electricity, which our heart does and our brain does, produces a magnetic field. And when we breathe deliberately, we bring our head and our heart into synchrony. And we can see that scientifically. I'm not talking about some metaphysical thing. I'm talking about if you measured your EEG, your brain waves, and your EKG, your heart waves, if you were hooked up to a monitor, and when you began this conscious breathing, you would see them come into harmony, where often they're not harmonious. And we feel that often, I think, this conflict between our head and our heart. That's when we're confused, when we're afraid, when we're doubtful. I think anytime we're stressed, now it's not to say that breathing is a magic pill, but it can work wonders. And something that's so simple, the simplest things are often the most powerful things. And it was like Lao Tzu said that the softest things in the world overcome the hardest things in the world. And our breathing is one of those. If stillness and silence is easily available to you, then here's what I invite you to do. First of all, I invite you to find a seated position that feels comfortable. And you can do it on a chair, you can do it on the floor, you can do it if you have some kind of a bolster for yoga, if you have a yoga mat. As you find a seated position that feels comfortable, recognize that if it's uncomfortable, you're either not going to enjoy it or you're not going to stay with it. And then start with balance. See if you can find what I call a point of poise. As you do this and you settle in wherever you're sitting, see if you can lengthen your spine, not stretch it, not to where it's ramrod straight or uncomfortable, but in the same way that there's a deeper breath probably available to you than what you might've been breathing before. See if there's a posture that's a little taller a little grander, a little more magnificent. And here, just for a moment, turn your mind's eye to some of the earth's natural wonders, either the Grand Canyon or the ocean or a mountain range, or maybe some of the wildlife, like a cougar or an elk or a lion or an eagle in flight or a whale, something magnificent. And recognize that in the same way these beasts or these creatures 
are beautiful, they're powerful, that you are too. And see if you can experience yourself as magnificent as any of these natural formations or any of these creatures. Just while you sit here. And then just check in with your body. See if there's any area where you might be holding tension, where there might be tightness. Maybe it's habitual. Maybe it's from an injury. Maybe it's in your jaw or your back or your legs. Many of us seem to have some area that we constantly hold this and we're not even aware of it. But take this as an opportunity to let that go if you are. And as you do, draw in a slightly deeper breath. And see if you can feel your belly expand. You don't need to hold it. You don't need to force it. Just notice if there's more capacity available there. And if so, see if there's a way in which it feels good to access that capacity. And just do that a few more times. Breathing in, breathing out, allowing yourself to become more fully embodied. And as you do, turn your awareness as well to the gravity that you're feeling the point of contact that your body is making, your feet on the floor, your bottom on the chair, your back, if it's touching anything, but also the feel of clothing on your skin. See if you feel the sense of being held fast by the earth and its gravitational force. And as you breathe, continuing to breathe, just sitting. Consider the gift that this moment is. That in some ways, when you're fully present, a sense of time might seem to dissolve. With no before and after. Nothing to worry about. Nothing to regret. And as much as thoughts, memories, ideas of what you're supposed to do today might creep in, just acknowledging those and setting them aside, being present. So if what we've done approaches meditation and that feels useful to you, I encourage you to continue in that direction. But I also want to remind you that the simplicity And the benefit of breathing is available in every moment. Something that can help you become more resilient, lower your stress level, make better decisions, have access to your intuition, be more patient, more kind, more loving, more healthy. Simply through this process that's always occurring, but often not, that we're doing consciously. I hope this was useful to you. I hope it was enjoyable for you. I thank you for spending this time with me and Dallin. And I hope you have a really fantastic week, whatever it looks like. I'm so grateful to you for listening to this. I hope it's been valuable for you. 
I want to invite you to sign up for the Outcomes and Emotions courses that are part of the School for Good Living's Life's Best Practices Breakthrough Coaching Program. I've decided during this challenging time to make these available to everyone at no cost. It takes probably between two and four hours of your time over a 30-day period to do the coursework. It's an online program. You'd read the material. You'd answer the questions, do the exercises, and then get on a video call with me or maybe another coach and to debrief. And I'll say this, the content in these two courses of outcomes and emotions have changed my life. And there's something that I wish everyone on earth knew. I think that our planet would work a lot better for ourselves, for our interactions with other people, for nature itself, if everybody had this. So again, I want to make it available to you. You can go to goodliving.com and I'll talk to you next time.